0: Lord did not leave us without help. Matter of fact, he says, it's more advantageous for you that I go away. He said, because if I don't go away, the comforter will not come unto you. And so we know that the comforter is the Holy Spirit. The Greek is parakletos, which means the one who is called alongside to help us. Some of the Definitions of our helper found in the Amplified Version is comforter and counselor and strengthener, intercessor and standby. I'm glad that the Lord didn't leave us without help. We have all the help we need on the inside of us. Amen. We've been given a guide for life on the inside. We have a compass living on the inside of us. He said, not only will he be with you, like he was with them in the Old Testament, we know that he was with them, but he said, he shall be in you. He shall be in you. And so the difference is great, because in the Old Covenant, they were led and they were guided by a cloud by day and a fire by night. Whenever the cloud would stop, they would stop and camp. And however long it was, till they were to go again, the cloud would move and they'd move. So he led the children of Israel, all of them, by following a cloud. Well, thank God, on Calvary's cross, when the veil of the temple was rent from the top to the bottom, the glory of God moved out of the holy of holies and into the hearts of men and women who would call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So we could say that the Holy Ghost moved out of that cloud right into your heart. Amen. And so you have this guide, you have this witness of the Spirit living on the inside of you. He's going to direct you, he's going to guide you into all the affairs of life. Now, it's awesome to have help. I know that I need all the help I can get. My wife will testify to that. We all need help. And also, we've got a counselor that lives on the inside of us. See, the Bible says that counsel or wisdom in the heart of man is like deep waters. And a man, a woman of faith will draw that counsel out. Amen? Thank God for the privilege of praying supernaturally and praying in the Holy Ghost. Because when we pray in the Holy Ghost, the Bible says we speak divine mysteries or divine secrets. You see, when you're filled with the Spirit of God, (coughs) and you commune with a supernatural God, He gives you you the ability... (coughs) I just swallowed something funny. I had a little... Lunch in between service. Let me take a drink. (laughs) (coughs) Well, everyone say hi. Hi. (laughs) Little grainy grainy up in there. Amen. Oh, me. Oh, Jesus. So say it with me. I've got a guide. guide. Living Living on the inside. So then we're no longer directionally challenged. Do you know of anybody that's directionally challenged? I mean, how about wives? Any of your husbands directionally challenged? (laughs) Oh, no, not us. (laughs) No, thank God. We do not have to be directionally challenged because he lives on the inside of us. Amen. Amen. Now, look at Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 27. Proverbs twenty twenty seven says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. The NIV says it this way, the human spirit is the lamp of the Lord. What this means is God will enlighten us. He will guide us to our spirits. If it was written today in modern vernacular, it would say this. The spirit of man is the light bulb of the Lord. And then look over at Romans chapter 8, verse 14, and we'll look at verse 14 and verse 16. Romans, the 8th chapter. And let's look at the King James Version, if we could. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And then verse 16 The Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So what is this witness of the Spirit that we look for when we face life's Challenges, And we are in a position where we make, need to make a decision. Should I go this way? Should I not go this way? Should I take this job or should not I take that job? Should I move here or should I stay here? Should I marry this person or not marry this person? Life is full of choices. And life is full of questions. And the answer to a million and one questions is this be led by the Spirit of God and follow that inward witness of His Spirit, He will always lead you in the right place at the right time. Amen? Amen? Yeah. And so what is this witness of the Spirit? The witness of the Spirit, spiritually speaking, is like a green light. Naturally, you know, we, we go home today and we go through several stop signs and some will be green, some will be red. Red means stop. Yellow means proceed with caution. And you better not have a camera on that place. Otherwise, you're going to get a snapshot of you. I didn't go through that light. And then they send you the picture. Oh, yes, you did. So the yellow means proceed with caution. But the green light is what? It's a go. It's a go. And so this witness is like a velvety-like sense in your spirit. It's an impression in your heart it's that green light if you will it's that go it's okay to do this it's okay to do that it's okay to move here to do this to do that when you're looking for the witness of the spirit always go with the knowing go with the knowing in 1 john chapter 2 verse 20 he says you have an unction from the holy one and you know how many things all things so the unction that inward witness that inward knowing enables you to not miss God but to be able to walk in the spirit and fulfill everything that God's called you to do amen Amen. I can remember back in 1982 Brenda and I came to California not by an audible voice we didn't have an angelic visitation We had been in full-time ministry since 1977. We'd already pastored a couple of churches and traveled around here and there and spoken a lot of different places. But in 1982, we just sensed a change was coming. How many of you know the Lord will alert you that a change is coming? Now let me caution you. Just because you know a change is coming doesn't mean that the change is for today. See, part of knowing the will of God is knowing when to move out, when the unction and when the Spirit of God leads you to move out. Well, way back in May of 1982, we loaded up our automobile and came to California. We had no idea what was waiting for us here. We didn't have a church to pastor. We didn't have any people to minister to. But we just came by that knowing. We followed our knowing. We followed what seemed good on the inside of us. We came here in May of 1982. Some people were very gracious to open up their home to us, because we didn't have a lot of money. And we stayed here for a period of time. But then the Spirit of the Lord led us to come to a little church in San Leandro, California, on a Sunday night. And the people were there, and their pastor had just resigned. And they said, we would like to meet with you. The board and I would like to meet with you. And so we had dinner a few nights later, and they asked us to become the pastor of the church. So it was a divine connection. But you see, God was not only working on our side in Minnesota, but he was also working on his side and their side in California. You see, brothers and sisters, God's got some divine connections for you. I said he's got some divine connections for you. He will make sure that you get to your place called there, if you will. He will make sure that you get that job. He will make sure that he, by his spirit, connects you to the divine connections that he has for you. Amen. And so what we need to do then is cooperate and expect him to lead us. We do not want to ignore him. We do not want to ignore the inner promptings that he gives us on the inside. Amen? As we step out and obey those leadings with the little things, what this does, it positions us to be connected to even bigger things. Does God have some big things for you? Does God have some great things for you? Yes, he does. Well, the Bible says that the steps of a good man, what are they? They're ordered of the Lord. He is our commander in chief. So whatever steps he orders you to take, just take it by faith. Somebody says, when's the next step? Just stay put until he shows you the next step. Don't get out ahead of God. Let God always lead you and go before you. Because he has the ability to make a way where there is no way. Say it with me. My steps are being ordered, are being ordered. By, the Lord. by the Lord so look for that witness look for that knowing look for that impression I want you to look now in your Bibles to Psalm 16 if you would in verse 7 Psalm 16 verse 7 every day invite him and expect him to lead you and to instruct you in Psalm 16 and verse 7 It said, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel and my reins also instruct me in the night seasons. He said, I'm going to bless you because you give me counsel and your instruction comes to me in the night seasons. The NIV says where it says you have given me counsel and my reins also instruct me. It says my heart instructs me. The Jerusalem Bible says it this way. My inmost self instructs me. He's instructing me. He's leading us. He's guiding us into all the truth. So learn to look to him. Take the time to be quiet. Amen. May there be a shift. May there be a change in our mindset, if you will, may there be a drawing away from the distractions and a looking unto him, the author and finish of our faith. There are so many things that the enemy would try to distract you with to keep you from getting quiet before the Lord, to keep you out of your prayer life, to keep you from that place of intimacy with God. No, in Isaiah, in chapter 40, in verse 31, he says this. But they that wait upon the Lord, what are they going to do? They're going to renew their strength. Their word renew their means they're going to exchange their strength for his strength. And then he says, they will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and they won't faint. Did you know that the enemy's end time tactic is to make the saints of the most high God so tired and so burnt out and so weary that in the midst of harvest time, they don't have the energy to take it in? I'm telling you, dear brothers and sisters, it's harvest time. There was never a time since I've been around that it's so easy to win people to the Lord. You talk to our people that go out on the streets, they'll go out on the streets and they'll lead 100, 150 people to the Lord in a few hours. I'm telling you what fish are jumping into the boat. People are hungry for the supernatural power of God. They're tired of tarot cards. They're tired of smack. They're tired of crack. They're tired of all the pornography this world has to offer. They are wanting life. Yeah. But you see, if the enemy can distract us to the degree that we're too tired, too worn out, and too burnt out to even wait on God, to hear from Him, to discover what our next step might be, then He has gained a victory. But let it not be said among this bunch here. We're not burning out. We're burning on. We're not rusting out. Hallelujah. We're gearing up. We are those that wait upon the Lord. We wait upon the Lord in His presence long enough to know where His presence is leading us every day of our lives. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. No, thank God they won't be sniffing the ground like a bunch of beagles. They'll run and not be weary. They will walk, and they will not faint. Amen. Is anybody interested in having their strength renewed? I, for one, am not going to go through my life, these last laps of my life, all bummed out and looking down. I'm looking up because I know my redemption draws nigh. I'm not looking at all the sin in the world and all the darknesses in the world. The Bible says where sin abounds the grace of God does much more abound. Now, listen, friends, here's what will happen when you wait upon God and you take time to be quiet. He'll start talking to you. He'll start speaking to you. He'll show you exactly what he'd have you to do. He'll show exactly where he'd have you to be. Amen. Amen. But not only will you be able to pick up on the impressions of the spirit and the leadings and the guidance of the spirit, but also in his presence, there's strength for you. The scripture says that in his presence, there's fullness of joy. Nehemiah says it like this, that the joy of the Lord is what? Try that on for size right now. Say it with me real strong. The joy of the Lord is my is my what? Strength. Strength strength. God doesn't want us to be a bunch of beat up, weak, emitiated Christians. No, we're Bible believing, spirit filled, Bible toting, glory to God, believers, strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Now there's going to be a lot of things that are going to come against us in these last days. And so it's important for us to be ready for it. See, to be forewarned is to be equipped. We are not to be ignorant of Satan and his devices and his evil strategies, right? And that's why he told us to put on the whole armor of God. So that we could be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Mm -hmm. Now listen, in Proverbs 18, I want you to look over there and notice with me in verse 14. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 14. Amen. Thank you, Let's look at that in the amplified version if we could. Proverbs eighteen and verse fourteen. Stand by. The strong spirit. Not the wrong spirit. Not the weak spirit. The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble. Let me ask you this. Does trouble come? Somebody says, well, I I don't experience any trouble. You must have been saved about two seconds. (laughs) No, I do not believe for one moment that we will not have trouble as Christians. We will face trouble. But thank God Jesus said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world, right? And so it is the strong spirit of a man that will sustain you or to help you overcome pain in your body or trouble when it comes your way. But a weak and broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? So the ability for you and I to have a strong spirit comes from the same spirit that leads us and guides us. Amen? The Holy Spirit. I like what Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. And let me just quote it to you. He said, as he prayed, he says, Father, I bow my knees unto the Father of my Lord Jesus Christ. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That you would grant me according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might by your Holy Spirit. Where? In the inner man. man. In the inner man. (laughs) So this strength that I'm talking about for living in the last days. This strength comes from the Holy Spirit and he infuses it into what? Your inner man. So to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man will make your spirit man strong. Amen. Amen. It'll make your spirit man strong. And you'll be able to face life's challenges from a position of strength rather than from a position of weakness. Now that's good news. Now I don't know how many people here that. Uh, go to the gym and and work out, but if you work out, you know that you can get stronger than when you are now. Amen? God's given us, every one of us, a set of muscles, right? And if you develop those muscles, it's good for you, and you can get stronger and stronger physically, right? Well, if you can do that physically, you must be able to get stronger and stronger spiritually as well, because... Spirit, soul, and body is how we are made, not body, soul, and spirit. Spirit, soul, and body. I declare to you today that the stronger you are, the greater your life will be. The stronger you are in your spirit, the more you'll be able to face life's challenges and say, you know what, by God's grace, I am more than a conqueror. I don't care what's going on around me. The greater one lives in me, and he is strengthening me today. Somebody say amen. Amen. How many of you remember a guy by the name of Ronald Reagan? Ronald Reagan was the president of the United States. I don't know which one was he. Which one was he? I'm hearing a lot of mumbling, but anyway. Okay, so he was in the 80s. And I I liked Reagan. Did you like Reagan? Okay, some of you did, some of you didn't. (laughs) But one thing about Ronald Reagan was, is he believed in the nation being strong. Ronald Reagan said this, he said, we will rule and we will have peace in this nation from a position of strength. He strengthened the military. Whether you agree with me or not about that, he strengthened the economy. And I'm not up here politicizing today. Is it even a word? Aren't you impressed? We're here politicizing. Isn't that awesome? Oh, wow. I need a five out in the foyer afterwards anyway. I mean, he was so strong that he stood up. And he said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear this wall down. And when you get strong in the Lord and the power of his might, you say, Mr. Devil, get out of my way. You can get so strong in God that you become intolerant where the devil's concerned. God wants to bring us to the flood level. Do you know there's a flood coming? I'm going to do a message real soon in this church called There's a Flood Coming. The natural flood destroyed the earth in Noah's day, but there is a flood of blessing coming on the earth that won't bring destruction, but it will bring blessing. And wherever the flood goes, there'll be life. Amen? Amen. Amen? And so it is the will of God for us to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man that we all may experience the richness of His presence. And become a body that is wholly flooded and filled with God himself. All right, now, that was all my introduction. Boy, I really felt some, oh no. No, No, seriously, that's not my introduction. Turn, Turn to Psalm 26. So, the psalmist said, my reigns. They are instructing me in the night seasons. In Psalm 26, he said this in verse 1 and in verse 2. He says, judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord, and I shall not slide. Would you read verse 2 with me? Examine me, O Lord, and prove me... And try my reins and my heart. Try my reins. Try my heart, he's saying. Try my reins and try my heart. And then go quickly over to Psalm 32. And let's look at verse 8 and verse 9. Amen. Notice with me in verse 8 and verse 9 of Psalms 32. So we're being instructed by him. He said in verse 8, he said, I will also instruct thee, and I will teach you in the way that you should go. He said, I will guide you with my eye. And then in verse 9, he says, Be not as the horse or as the mule. I don't want to be like a horse, do you? I don't want to be like Mr. Ed. And Brenda's on the front saying, but a horse is better than a mule. (laughs) Well, I guess that's true, but we don't have to be either, do we? He said, be not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Another translation says they won't come unless you make them come. Don't be like that. In other words, don't be like this person that says, well, I'll tell you what. If I'm going to do that, I'm going to have to see a burning bush. We should not require bits. But as spirit-filled Christians, we are to be rain-trained. We are to be rain-trained. A rain-trained horse, it's like they put that little leather strap on it. And they just pull it ever so gently, and the horse just goes with that. And a rain-trained Christian, amen, just a slight impression by the Holy Spirit, just a slight leaning and guiding, we're just gone. We just go with Him every step of the way. Every step of the way. You see, God's got a path for you and I. The path of the righteous is as the shining light And it gets brighter, and it gets brighter, more and more unto the perfect day. The Bible says that in God's pathway, there is life, and there is no death. The scripture says that he leads us in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And so our prayer would be today, Lord, show me your ways. Show me your path, guide me, enlighten my darkness, and put me on the right track for my life. Amen? Now, one of the strongest indicators that you are in the will of God and that you are fulfilling the plan of God is having God's peace. The peace of God. The peace of God, the scripture says, serves everything. our our hearts and our lives like an umpire i want you to look at colossians chapter 3 verse 14 colossians 3 verse 14 in the amplified version it says this and above all these put on love and enfold yourself with the bond of perfectness which binds everything together completely in ideal harmony amen And verse 15, it says, And let the soul harmony which comes from Christ rule or act as an umpire, how long? Continually. Deciding and settling with all finality questions that arise in your minds. Amen. Has there ever been a question come up in your mind on what to do? On where to go? Well, the Bible says that just like a natural umpire in baseball, we got baseball season coming up soon. How many baseball fans we got here? Got baseball. Okay. And so the, the guy's coming around third base and he's sliding into home. Hopefully he's not taking Buster Posey out, right? But he's sliding into home. Okay. And so the umpire is there and he's looking very carefully and he has to make a decision. Is he safe? Or is he out? And so he comes sliding into home, and the umpire says, You're out. That means you're out of here. You're completely out. It's a no. But on the other hand, if he says safe, it's a yes. It's a run. Well, God has placed on the inside of you the spirit of the living God, just like an umpire. And he can help you decide with all finality what is out and what is in for your life what is safe and what is unsafe for your life how many of you know he knows he knows the peace of God can be ruling in our hearts I have an encouraging word for you today and that is this if you follow peace you will be safe in every area of your life just follow the peace of God he's the God of peace He's the Prince of Peace. He's given us the peace of God that passes all understanding. Let Him call the plays in your life. Look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. Philippians the 4th chapter, verse 6. Here's what I do a lot of times as I, as I face challenges and as I face major decisions that I need to make. And, you know, sometimes I'll just look at Brenda and, and she'll say, well, what are we going to do? And I say, I have no clue. You know, what do you do in a case like that? Well, you better not make a decision hurriedly. Because you could make it or you could miss it. But here's what I do oftentimes when, I, when I'm faced with something that I, I'm not sure what to do. The first and foremost thing I do is I put it in the hands of the Lord. He said, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. How many of you know that the devil is the author of panic? And he's the author of fear. And he's the author of anxiety. So what he wants to do is get us anxious about making the right decision or making the wrong decision. First and foremost, place everything over in his hands. How many of you know that we are incapable in the natural realm of doing life alone? Uh-uh. I did that long enough before Jesus. And many of you did too. Trying to do life on your own is a major bummer. Now, trying to make decisions on your own as a Christian can lead to major bummers. And so he said here in verse 6 he says, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything make the quality decision that you are not going to be fear-led or fear-ruled. And so here's what I do. I said, Lord, I bring this situation into your hands and I cast the care of it completely over on you. Do not fret. Casting all your care, where? Upon Him. Why? Because He cares for you god does not want us carrying the cares of this life that's why he said give them to me and notice number one cast your cares on him verse six again do not fret or have any anxiety about anything but here's what you do do well if i'm not going to worry what am i going to do pastor but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. So here's what it may sound like. Father, I just come before you this morning in Jesus' name. And I've got this major decision to make. So first and foremost, I just place it over to your hands. I refuse to worry about it. And I'm asking you, sir... That by your Holy Spirit, that you would lead me and guide me and direct me and enable me to make the right decision. So here's what you've done. You've activated him with your faith by asking in faith. Amen? Now notice what happens in the next verse. And God's peace. And God's peace will be yours. Amen? God's peace will be yours. Notice the last phrase of that verse. Let's read it starting with that peace. That peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Now read it stronger. That peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So you've given it to him, you've prayed about it, and now you have opened the door for God's peace to keep you. God's peace to protect you. God's peace to keep you safe. He said, I will keep him in perfect peace when your mind is stayed on me. Now notice the next verse. Did you wear your shouting clothes today? The next verse says... For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence, honorable, seemly, just, pure, lovely, lovable, kind, winsome, gracious, any virtue or excellence, anything worthy of praise, think and weigh and take account of these things and fix your minds on them. In other words, let there be a shift in your mindset. Shift your mind from the problem to the circumstance to the from the fear and look in to him. Fix your mind on Him. Stay focused on Him. Him is where your answer is. Him is where your leadings are. Then the next verse. Practice what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me. And model your way of living on it. And the God of peace. Of untroubled and undisturbed well-being. He's going to be with you. Hey, when the God of peace, peace is with you, when the God of peace is for you, when the God of peace is on the inside of you, you ain't going to make a mistake. He's going to lead you down those green pastures into the perfect place that God has ordained for you. Amen. Amen. So let your rains Hallelujah. instruct you in the night seasons. Hallelujah. Look at 2nd Timothy 1 and verse 7. 2nd Timothy 1 and verse 7. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, of timidity, of cowardice, and craven and cringing, and fawning fear. But what has he given us? He has given us a spirit of power. Is that strength? He's given us a spirit of love. And I love this. He's also given us a calm and well-balanced mind of discipline and self-control. Oh, thank God for the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. And when you operate in the spirit of faith and when you expect Him to lead you and to guide you, He will put you in the right place. You will know the the place of his grace and you'll walk in it and rejoice in life all the days of your life amen Amen. the peace of god he's the god of peace and so i'm going to follow that peace i'm going to follow that peace see the bible says you shall go out with joy and you'll be led forth with peace Paul, instructing Timothy, a young minister, told him to follow righteousness, faith, charity, and peace. The book of Hebrews says, follow peace with all men. Peter says that we are to seek peace and we are to pursue it. Pursue the peace of God. Now look quickly over to James chapter 3. James, the third chapter. James chapter 3, and we'll notice over here in verse 17, the wisdom of God, that's just another way of saying the leadings of God, the wisdom that comes from above is, first of all, pure, amen, God's not going to lead you and guide you into stuff that's not pure, amen, amen. You could preach a while on that. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, and then it's peaceable. It's peaceable. When something has the earmark of God's leading on it, there will always be peace. The wisdom of God is always peaceable and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and of good fruits, without partiality, And also without hypocrisy. So we can know the wisdom of God through the peace of God. Say it with me. The way of the Spirit Spirit is peace. peace. The way of the flesh flesh. is frustration. frustration. Anybody ever been frustrated before? So when there's frustration, there's an absence of what? There's an absence of peace. I want to encourage you, if you're doing something that is frustrating you and hurting you, stop it. Anybody ever sprained their ankle before? I've sprained my ankle a few different times. Once when I was younger, in high school, playing basketball. And then three times when I was older, acting like a fool, trying to be young on the basketball court. (laughs) my wife is going, yes and amen. (laughs) And uh, a couple of times I sprained it really bad. Now, if I was stupid, I would try to go out on my ankle and play before I was ready to play or walk before I was ready to walk. You ever been to the doctor? And you said, doctor, I've got this situation in my life and it, it, it hurts. It hurts. The doctor's simply going to tell you, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Now listen, if something bothers your heart, yeah. come on now. if something bothers your heart, quit it. Yeah. Stop it. Mm-hmm. You. you know, people like to come to pastors and counselors and say, well, you know, I've been wondering about this situation whether, you know, this is right or this is wrong, whether this is sin or whether this is not sin. Sound familiar? You know, what's right, what's wrong? The mere question, oftentimes, that people are asking that question tells me that for them it's wrong. Why? Because they're being scratched on the inside. They're being convicted by the Holy Spirit. And we should not want to live our lives in the gray zone. If it's gray, I don't want to have anything to do with it. I stay away from the gray zone, as far away from the gray zone as I possibly can. Yeah, but so-and-so doesn't, it doesn't bother them. But you ain't them. Are you listening to me? You ain't them. You is you, and they is them. And what might be right for them may not be right for you. And if you try to do what's right for them, you're going to end up looking like a fool. Yeah. That sounds like Mr. T. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, pastor, you know, is this okay for me to do? What does your heart tell you? Right, right. What does your heart tell you? Yeah. Yeah. Every time I, I do that, I get scratched in my heart. Something on the inside scratches me. You know what that is? That's the witness telling you it's not right for you. That's right. That's that red light. Yes. Amen. Now we don't want to get on specifics, but there are a lot of things out there that are gray. Well, someone can go to movies like that. It doesn't seem to bother them. Yeah, but you ain't them. Are you listening? You is you. And I've discovered this. That if we can keep our conscience sensitive. That if we can stay clean on the inside. And if we can stay sensitive on the inside. And not override things that are bothering us. I've discovered this. That it's a whole lot easier to hear from God in your daily walk. Amen. 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 Well, now, I don't know about that. Well, read your Bible. Read your Bible. See, the Bible says, whatever is not done in faith is sin. Whatever's not of faith is sin. Now some people, they have a strong conviction that they're not to eat meat, that they're to be vegan, amen, or they're to be vegetarian. And you know what? That's their right to do that. And I don't want to be arrogant, but don't try to prevent me from having my filet mignon. I'm not going to throw your beans away. (laughs) Hey, but when mama makes enchiladas, it's time to come to the table and have some enchiladas. Amen. Amen. Well... I saw so-and-so doing this. It must be all right. Not necessarily. How many of you know that other people are not your example? Jesus is our example. Now we, boy, we're going somewhere here. Now now we, in Christ Jesus, are to be examples to other believers, right? In faith and charity and conversation and purity and so on and so forth. That's what Timothy says. Yeah. We're to be examples. But you know what? You can be a spirit filled Christian and be as carnal as an old hoodall. Yeah. Yeah. Length of time in Christ Jesus only means that you should be an adult spiritually, but it doesn't mean that you are. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, I don't know if they're, if they're why aren't they adults? I mean, now, why is God putting up with them? Same reason why he's putting up with you. Yeah. He's putting up with all of us. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. You know, about the time I, I, in the natural realm, I get frustrated with someone, and man, I just think, oh, man. I look in the mirror and say, dear God. Yeah. To think of all of my stuff you put up with all these years. Think of all the carnal things, all my shenanigans. Thank God for the mercy of God. Thank God for the grace of God. Thank God for the goodness of God. His mercy endures forever. (laughs) So don't let someone else be your example unless you know beyond any shadow of doubt that they're following Jesus Christ. See, Paul said it like this. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. I believe Paul's a good example to follow. Amen. Amen? Amen? Because of the fruit of his ministry. Now, you will know other believers. You're not to judge other believers, but you will know them by their fruits. Right? How do we get off on this, Joe? i <laughs> the it's about time to go eat, isn't it? Yeah, getting close. Getting close. Yeah. Follow your witness. Well, I read in a book now. I read in a book. A Christian book. Had a little fish on the back of it. I, I read in a book. Better watch out those fish might have bones (laughs) well I read in a book that so-and-so says this is okay and -and so-and-so says that's okay says who does it line up with the Word of God and does it line up with what you already know in your own heart Follow your seamer. Yeah. Follow your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Follow your inner man. And i tell you what. He will always lead you to be in the right place at the right time. Why? Because He loves us so much. Let's stand to our feet and thank Him for His Word. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, that's all I've got, such as I have. Such as I have, give I thee. Hallelujah. You don't have to look to man. You got the guide on the inside. Look to him. Let's pray this prayer together and say, Lord Jesus. Jesus. Thank you that I can be spirit led. Holy Spirit presence led. -led. Help Help me, Lord, to be rain trained. Just the slightest impression, slight impression I, will I will obey. I will willingly obey. I, will willingly obey. I delight, I delight to, do will, to do your will, O God. Your will, your will be done, be done on, earth, on earth in my life, in my life as, it is in as it is in heaven. Let's just raise both hands and thank Him right now.